Now, as I've been reporting, this, this Biden regime has been pretty much selling the United States out by opening our nation's borders and allowing anyone to enter. And there's a new Daily Caller report that verifies that. And it pretty much says that based on an internal email that was obtained by the Daily Caller News Foundation, that the Biden administration has kind of weakened their vetting process when it comes to Chinese illegal aliens. Ultimately, this email reveals that they have reduced the amount of questions that uh, Border Patrol agents are asking uh, these aliens when they cross illegally into our country. And uh, this email internally came from a Border Patrol supervisor. It was uh, sent out to about 500 Border Patrol agents. And, well, it goes from asking these illegals 40 questions to five. So why would the Biden regime tell Border Patrol to ultimately uh, reduce the standards of vetting these individuals when they're entering our country. Well, as many of you know, the uh, president is facing a lot of allegations regarding whether or not he's compromised. And this appears to, to look like that's actually happening. I want to bring in somebody who's been ahead of all of this CCP reporting. Let's bring in the War Room's Natalie Winters. Natalie, thank you for being here You've done incredible work when it comes to calling out our federal government and how it's working with the CCP and how the CCP is infiltrating uh, our, our government, our farmland and everything else. So thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for having me. And I always love getting the chance to do a show, which also has the editorial position that it is the Biden regime and not the administration. <laughs> so thank you for having me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a regime at this point. I mean, we've been following them for quite some time now. And, um, you know, they don't like it being called a regime. But that's exactly how they operate. And so, yeah, let's call it like it is. Uh, I want to get to a story that you did for War Room. You do incredible work over there. You did a story about the ambassador to China, Nick Burns. And in it, you pretty much reveal that the United States government is working with the CCP when it comes to uh, buying up farmland, it looks like, and the food supply kind of working together. I want you to detail your report because it's fascinating. We've been talking about this for quite some time now, how the federal government's not doing enough to prevent uh, the Chinese government, the communist government, from purchasing these lands and uh, the risk it pretty much poses to our food supplies. So I wanted you to detail exactly what your report states and, uh, and we'll detail a little bit more about the ambassador on the other side of it. Sure. Well, this all goes back to what you were saying in your opening, which is my thesis. And frankly, at this point, it's not just a thesis. The evidence proves it, that this regime is compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. So whether it's the policies that we see affecting the southern border that you can't even make sense of, they're so ridiculously asinine. Uh, there's no other way to spin it other than these people are intent on the destruction of America or the policies that we see when it comes to agriculture or even the weak stance against, of course, the infamous Chinese spy balloon. The White House is so compromised from a personnel perspective that they couldn't even put out policies that could rival uh, you know, Trump's America first agenda if they wanted to. And we, you know, we always throw the word around compromise this, oh, so-and-so is bought off by China. Um, but when you really get granular, you see how the Chinese Communist Party operates what is a multi-billion dollar political warfare department known as the United Front Work Department, which specifically targets American elites and academia, the think tank world, politicians, mainstream media to pump out policies or narratives or just general statements 
that are supportive or advantageous towards the Chinese Communist Party. That's not a conspiracy. These are codified in Chinese Communist Party documents, and they're all intent on taking over the United States. And we know the Chinese Communist Party favors unrestricted warfare, right? It's not necessarily kinetic warfare, boots on the ground, right? 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue doesn't have to fly the Chinese flag for us to be a subservient state to the Chinese Communist Party. Right. But when you have everyone who's filling that building, people who used to work for consulting firms that worked for the Chinese Communist Party, people who have taken money and who knows what else from the Chinese Communist Party. What really is the difference? And Nick Burns, our ambassador to China, is a perfect example. He used to work for some D.C. based swanky consulting firm. He's on record. I have videos of him speaking at, of course, Atlantic magazine events talking about how China can't be viewed as the enemy. Uh, they're not a competitor. They're actually our ally. So, of course, natural fit, natural pick for ambassador to China by Joe Biden. Um, but he headlined uh, an event for the China United States Exchange Foundation. Now, that might sound like a fun group, a nice group, but the buried lead is that they put China ahead of United States. That's how you can always tell what their, their end game is. Um, but this is one of the foremost foreign influence groups emanating out of Beijing that's run and funded by the Chinese Communist Party that works, like I said, to subvert American elites, to push policies that are favorable towards the Chinese Communist Party. So it really is mind-blowing, even to me as someone who's covered this for a very long time, that our ambassador to China would be giving the keynote address for this group's annual event. Um, but what was even more concerning in this speech, which I watched, and it's very rare that my jaw drops because I'm used to so much foreign uh, influence and compromise, but even in this case, he sort of tacitly admitted and secretly announced, because it hadn't been publicly reported until uh, this keynote address, that the Biden White House established an agricultural working group. Uh, in other words, collaborating with the Chinese Communist Party on the Department of Agricultural agriculture level to work on things related to the food supply, farmland. It's sort of vague. They don't get into uh, hyper-specific detail. But just from a messaging and narrative perspective, when you have Republicans trying to make the case, you know, that Chinese Communist Party affiliated companies or state-owned enterprises shouldn't be allowed to purchase the United States farmland. Meanwhile, the Biden White House uh, is busy giving keynote addresses at groups that are promoting this and setting up secret working groups. It really shows you where their priorities are. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Natalie, I want to talk about what they could actually do with this. What kind of warfare can be done by purchasing this farmland? Why is it so critical that Americans pay attention to this as well? Well, I think the lesson that we learned from COVID really is that all aspects of society, whether it's supply chains, even just implementing policies like lockdowns and mandates, they really can all be weaponized to be different forms of warfare, whether it's economic warfare, we see that happening with de-dollarization. But I think with the farmland, I think there's sort of the, the two-pronged approach in terms of a national security threat. One is that you look at the type of land um, that the Chinese Communist Party is interested in buying, just like the Chinese spy balloon happened to float over sensitive military bases, a lot of the land that they're purchasing is very close to sensitive infrastructure sites, uh, to these military bases. I believe there's just another report up in the Daily Caller a few days ago showing that the latest kind of story about a Chinese-linked company trying to buy land, uh, it was next to a sensitive weapons facility here in the United States. I'm sure no conspiracies, no coincidences there. Uh, but I think the other front, too, and this is something that I think links – 
not specifically to the Chinese Communist Party, but sort of the broader globalist agenda. I think we loop in kind of the Bill Gates types of the world here. And that's how I think we see food supply. You could also link in climate change and all of these sort of so-called social issues being weaponized to advance a political agenda. I think we see that with the push away from, you know, grass-fed beef, these plant-based alternatives. Uh, We see it with, you know, downplaying dairy and pushing for soy alternatives. And some people are into that and that's totally fine. But when you see entities like the Chinese Communist Party Bill Gates, oftentimes they're working in collusion. Bill Gates has actually headlined a lot of uh, uh, events put on by what's known as the Chinese People's Association for Friendship and Foreign Contact. That is a mouthful, I'm aware. But they've collaborated with this uh, U.S.-China Heartland Association, too. So they're all sort of in the same yucky, you know, nest of vipers here. Um, But I think you're really going to see the food supply, the land be weaponized to sort of push a political agenda. In other words, you know, oh, just because you want to buy steak, if you want to be able to eat grass-fed beef, well, if all the land is owned by people who think that you're an evil climate change, uh, you know, aider and a better for eating beef, well, you might not even have that opportunity in the future. So I think the collusion on that front is what we also need to be really careful of, too. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, you also worked on another report, which I thought was uh, incredible. We often talk about the Wuhan Institute and the linkage between that and, and how it leaked here in the United States. But you were able to find a linkage between there and the Pfizer, a uh, big pharma company. In it, you talk about a researcher who's well known for controversial collaborations regarding the COVID virus. And you found evidence that he received a six-figure grant from Pfizer Uh I would say this is a conflict of interest, probably something that should be disclosed. Natalie, what are you learning about this? Yes. So this is an individual by the name of Ralph Barrick. Now, people may recall he's sort of the, I would say, father of gain of function research. He's a big advocate of it. He's actually lectured at the Wuhan Institute of Virology at conferences where I uh, obtained the agendas of what they were talking about and gain-of-function research was listed on there. So as much as Anthony Fauci and all these people like to say they weren't engaging in gain-of-function research, the evidence and, of course, just common sense proves otherwise. So Ralph Barrick was really responsible for working with the Wuhan Institute of Virology on these bat coronavirus manipulations. He sort of pioneered what was the humanized mouse model, um, how they could replicate viral strains of certain uh, coronavirus strains in the mice, but it would really mimic how it would spread in humans, which begs the question why you would want to do that. Um, But of course, when you're dealing with a communist regime, I think history would probably answer that question for you. But I really dug into Ralph Barrick a lot. He's sort of gone into hiding. He used to be all plastered over the mainstream media. Um, But this story, I think, just speaks to sort of the bigger picture, which is, like I said, these conflicts of interests when you see these so-called, you know, public health crises arise and when vaccine mandates are pushed as the solution and we're supposed to trust the experts, it's really interesting when those so-called experts are also on the payroll of the companies that are profiting immensely from these mandates. So what I had found, this was a recent story, Um, he's published dozens if not hundreds of papers since the onset of the COVID pandemic Um, and only in about one of them did he disclose, I think it was probably a mistake on his part, that he had received a grant from Pfizer for six figures, a sizable a sizable figure, just after the onset of the COVID, the COVID pandemic. Interesting timing 
there. Um, but in the rest of his papers, including those that specifically had to do with tr uh, testing the efficacy of these COVID vaccines, recommending vaccine mandates as sort of the solution to the pandemic, he never disclosed these financial conflicts of interest, which I think is a huge ethical concern. And it's also really interesting, too, because Ralph Barrick was someone, and you could imagine how the fact checkers jumped in uh, to get ahead of this story. But there was old video from him speaking, I believe it was in 2018 at UNC Chapel Hill, where he teaches and he's giving a lecture on pandemics. And he literally says, I kid you not, he has a slide behind him, a presentation, and it says how to make money in the next pandemic. And he literally walks people through the various stocks that they should invest in. He claims he was joking. That's what the fact checkers uh, who came after me for this story jumped in to say. Um, but it's, it's all sort of, I think, just too many coincidences. Um, and he's gotten a lot of money since the onset of COVID, too, from the Chan Zuckerberg initiative. So it's sort of like the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, pattern recognition is something that I'm very good at. And I think that's what you sort of keep seeing, right? It's the same people, the same players. And I think it sort of speaks to that collusion mindset because this is part of a bigger agenda. Yeah, yeah. And we all know they profited off the pandemic. And that's the reason why they kept it going. And still to this day, I mean, they still want it to keep going. I'm always reading all these articles now that pop up in my newsfeed about why you should get vaccinated and boosted. Um, but honestly, at this point, it's, it's foolish to do so. So Natalie, when you're not going after the CCP and exposing the corruption, you have taken on another task. You are the co-founder of She'sSoRight.co. Uh, it is a new clothing line that you've created. I want to go through this website a bit because you've got a lot of cute outfits here. I'm a big supporter of this. I always say we don't have enough cute attire for women like you and I. Uh, so you've, you've addressed that problem. Tell us a little bit about your new clothing line and what uh, shoppers can expect. Yes. Well, thank you so much for letting me talk about this. So you're obviously a beautiful, fashionable lady, and I'm sure you probably feel the same pain I'm sure you have fun political t-shirts in your closet. They have fun sayings on them, but you can't wear them because they're boxy, right? They're unflattering. And as someone who likes to work out and you want to be feminine and show off your shape, there really isn't any of that, right? In the conservative market. So I wanted to kind of fill that void. Um, so if you see, you can see our cuts are really flattering. They're actually designed for women, you know, as normal people. We know there's two genders, there's men and women, and we shouldn't be putting women in men's clothing. So all of our cuts, we have sweatshirts, tank tops, hats, uh, t-shirts, totes, everything are specifically designed for women. I worked tirelessly uh, to make sure they were actually flattering. They're done with pink graphics on them. They say she's so right on the back. But the other thing, the more substantive reason, besides my love for shopping and, and fashion, why I wanted to get into this is because I got really tired of you know when people would ask me oh i love your shirt oh i love your dress where is it from sending people to go buy you know china made goods and so many of the us made alternatives are so expensive or frankly in my opinion they're just not really the style that i was necessarily going for so i sort of wanted to take the trendy styles but do them usa made and by keeping everything in house and working with some amazing factories here in los angeles that are really committed to bringing manufacturing back to the united states the price points that we have are, are on par uh, with companies that are outsourcing to China, 
and who knows where basically every country that's on the Belt and Road Initiative. So that's really why I set out to do it. Um, and like you said, I, I think we can always use more actually fashionable uh, conservative clothing, but it's not just conservative too. It's for it's for free thinkers. The shirt I'm wearing now, if you can see, it says a little bit conspiratorial. So it's nothing you know too offensive. It's sort of subversive, like the uh, Chinese Communist Party influence ops that I've reported on for so long. I love it. I love it. My favorite part now is that it's made here in the USA. It's good quality clothes. It's cute. I like it. I'm a fan. Natalie, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. As a reminder to our audience, you are the co-host of War Room with Steve Bannon. Make sure you check that out because you guys are constantly exposing and pushing back against the CCP. And we greatly appreciate that. Hey everyone, I'm getting ready to head out right now, but before I go, I always have to put on some deodorant. And I used to look all the time for the best deodorant. I couldn't find it on the shelves at all until our good friends over at Give a Derm came out with a brand new deodorant. This one's called Pits Me Off. It's incredible. Watch this, it's super easy. Ta-da, and that's all you need. And it dries super quick. Obviously I'm wearing black. There's no white residue left over. It's a natural deodorant. It's made right here in the USA. There's none of those Chinese harmful chemicals also included it. It's giveaderm.com and then use the promo code Brianna for 10% off. You gotta try it. I want to let our audience in on a little secret. I'm saving hundreds of dollars each year after switching over both of my lines to Patriot Mobile. Yes, so now my business and personal line are with Patriot Mobile. Now Patriot Mobile uses the same towers that you're probably already using now, except it's less expensive. So my 5G towers that I love to use my old provider, I'm still using them now. I'm just paying significantly less money to do so. And on top of it all, Patriot Mobile believes in the same things you and I believe in. They have the same morals. So they donate to causes that are like pro-life causes, veteran causes, and even the NRA. It's incredible. So I highly recommend you head over to PatriotMobile.com right now. Take a look at their plans and sign up. And today, if you sign up and use promo code Brianna, they're going to waive the activation fee. Yes, you heard it right. They're going to waive the activation fee. Just make sure you use promo code Brianna, B-R-E-A-N-N-A. You guys, I've said it once before, so I'm going to say it again. And under the Biden regime, I've never been more worried about my financial future. I called my good friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott, because I wanted to come up with a plan put in place to make sure I was secure. And he came up with a plan for me to invest in silver. I'm rich. I've got my silver. I'm feeling so much better about my future. I highly recommend you give him a call and just chat with his team. 720-605-3900. And you could also head over to his website if you'd like to schedule an appointment. It's kirkelliotphd.com slash Brianna. And if you enjoyed that segment, make sure you hit that like button. And if you want to see the news before it becomes the news, you have to subscribe to our channel. And well, if you have a liberal friend that you're looking to save, make sure you share this content with them.